Something that I had read recently really resonated with me, and I, I thought I would go ahead and read it to you uh, as we go ahead and prepare to hear the word. This is uh, from Pastor Terry Pearsons, who is George Pearson's wife, Kenneth Copeland's daughter. They pastor Eagle Mountain Church over there in Fort Worth, Texas. And she said, What is it we need to know now in the face of this crazy world with its deception and its darkness rising up. The Lord said, There is no power so great that the authority of the believer is not greater still. All the demons of hell combined together times ten cannot overcome, praise God, the authority of the believer. Amen. So for a couple of Sundays, I'm just going to call this little mini-series, I'm going to call it Dominion. We're going to look at where this dominion started, where this dominion was given over to the enemy, and how dominion has been restored. So are you interested in that? So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for speaking to us through the Word of God. I thank you for giving me utterance today by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I thank you for this congregation that we are not just hearers of your word, but we are doers of your word in Jesus' name and all that agreed said amen. amen. Well, if you're going to talk about dominion and authority, we need to go back to the book of beginnings. So what do you say we go back to the book of Genesis and let's look at chapter 1. Genesis, the first chapter, and we notice in verse 26 through 28. Man was created with authority. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over all the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female he created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that moves upon the earth. You and I have been made in the image of God. We have been made in the image of our Creator. And our Creator has put His creativity inside of you. He has placed His creative power, His creative ability in you and in me. I heard this statement yesterday from someone from Bethel, and it said this, We are made in His image. We were created by the Creator to be creative so that we can use our creativity to point man back to the Creator. Oh, hallelujah. And so we see, let us have dominion. Now, the word dominion there, it means to rule, it means to reign, it means to prevail over, it also means to govern. The Amplified Version says it this way, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness, and let them have complete authority. Amen. You are made in His image made in his likeness with creative power and you have been given complete authority. Complete dominion. There is nothing incomplete about the new creation. There is nothing incomplete that God left out when you received the new birth. He said that you are complete in him. Now, out of him, we're a mess. Amen. But God took our mess and made it a message. Created in the image and likeness of God. We are not 
incomplete, we are complete. So that means we don't have to look here or there and everywhere for our identification. So many people are looking for who they are in the wrong places. We cannot find who we are in the world and in the world system. The world system does not have anything to offer you or me. We are not of this world. We were of this world, but we've been taken out of this world's kingdom and put into the kingdom of God. We're living in it, but thank God we're not of it. So we don't have to try to prove who we are by doing some crazy things. We don't have to have some identity crisis wondering whether we're a male or a female. You know, all those types of things are identity crisis. Our identity is in Him. It's in Him that we live. It's in Him that we move. And it's Him that we have our being. I am not looking at a congregation who is incomplete. You are complete in Him. Somebody says, what does it mean to be in Him? When you got born again, you were put in Him. He was put in you. It's Christ in you now, the hope of glory. And so we don't have to trust in things to uh, enhance our identity. Jesus already enhanced your identity. He made you an heir of God. He made you a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He made you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Amen. Somebody said, but I don't feel that way. Well, I didn't feel that way when I woke up this morning. I had to stir myself up and have me a cup of peats. You understand what I'm saying? We don't live by feelings. We don't live by how we feel. We live by what He said. We don't live by what others say who we are. We live by what He and what He says who we are. Woo, glory to God. I know I'm preaching good right now. We're getting stirred up today on this Pentecost Sunday. Oh, I tell you what. He will do some things for you in your life that are beyond your understanding. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I'm glad he added the fire piece to it. Why? We need fire to burn some things out of us. We need the fire of God to burn some junk out of our thinking. The fire of God to burn some unholiness out of our lives. Thank God for the Holy Ghost and fire. But that's not the only reason. We celebrate Pentecost Sunday. We celebrate Pentecost Sunday because the Holy Ghost came, praise God, on the day of Pentecost and He empowered men and women back then and He's still empowering men and women today. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's a part of your dominion package. Being empowered by the Holy Ghost. And what we need to do and to remind ourselves on this Pentecost Sunday, because we have been empowered, we need to stir this power up. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 6, I believe it is, Paul talking to young Timothy said this, this is why I would remind you to stir up the gift that is on the inside of you. Notice this. Stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. What does that mean? The gift of God means the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so one way that we can honor the third person of the Godhead is by not forgetting that we've been filled with the Spirit, but ever being being filled with the Holy Ghost every day of our lives by stirring ourselves up. Amen. One of the greatest ways that I need know to stir myself up is by praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
And if you have not yet received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we can pray for you today and you can leave this place walking and leaping and speaking in other tongues. Amen. There is an empowerment from on high that is available to you and I. Amen. And so we've been created in the image in the image and likeness of God. We have been made for mastery. We have been made for dominion. We have not been made to be dominated. We are not the dominated. We are those that have dominion. We are not to be mastered. We are to master in life through Jesus Christ. Look at Psalms, the book of Psalms, and let's notice with me in Psalms 8. And let's look at verses 4 through 6. Psalms 8, verses 4 through 6 says, What is man that you are mindful of him? Did you know that you are on his mind? And the son of the earthborn, that you care for him. Next verse, verse 5. Yet you have made him but a little lower than God. One translation says a little lower than angels. When you were made in his image, you were made just a little lower than God. It doesn't say that you are gods, but it says you are of God. It doesn't say that you're the king of kings, but it says you are a king and priest unto God. So being made a little lower than God, made for mastery and made for dominion. Now notice this with me. And you have crowned him with glory and with honor. You know, if we could see in the realm of the spirit, we would see a crown of glory and a crown of honor upon our heads. Next verse, verse 6. And you have made him to do what? To have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. Does that sound familiar? Under his feet. He's the head, we're the body. Amen? Where are the feet? The feet are in the body. And he's put all things under his feet feet. Oh, that's good. That has to do with dominion. That has to do with authority. Again, these are the first words that he spoke to mankind. And when we understand that first words set a precedent, one of the things that he said is to subdue. Now, subdue in the Hebrew means if it gets out of line, put it back. It literally means to conquer and to bring it into subjection or to vanquish. Amen. And then what did he do? He placed man in the midst of the garden in Genesis 2.15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So God delegated his authority to Adam to tend the garden. The word dress in Hebrew means to work it, till it, and to be a bondsman over it. The word keep in the word in Hebrew means to put a hedge of thorns around it in order to guard it, to protect it, and to watch over it. Have we not all been given territory in Christ Jesus? Your family is your territory. Your nation is your territory. The Bay Area is our territory. And we are not to take our territory lightly. Because the enemy is a thief. And we are not to give him any foothold or any territory, not only in our individual lives, but in our family, in our cities, come on now, in our schools... I know I'm preaching good. I said in our schools, we are to put our stake in the ground, master that which is coming against our schools and our children, and in Jesus' name, apply the blood of Jesus and declare safety for all of our schools throughout the Bay Area. 
So in a sense, just like Adam, we have been set here to dress it and to keep it, to guard it and to protect it. And the best way that I know how to do that is by taking the name which is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and binding anything and everything of darkness that would come against our lives, come against our families, come against our schools, come against our nation, bind it, prohibit it, and put a stop on it in the name of Jesus. Everyone say in the name. In the name, name. above every name. name. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Of things or beings in earth and beings or things under the earth or things and beings in heaven. Glory to God. Authority in three realms heaven hell and the earth and the name of Jesus is above all of it somebody says well I know the name of Jesus is above all of it but what am I supposed to do with it you're supposed to believe it and you're supposed to act on that name he says we are to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ everyone say Jesus three times Glory to God, the name. Now listen to this statement. We can tell what the enemy fears in our life by recognizing what he's attacking in our lives. I'm going to say it again. You can tell what the enemy fears in your life by recognizing the attacks that are coming against your life, against your business, against your mind, against your babies, against. And one of the common attacks, I know that there are some horrific attacks that are very, very discernible and very easy to see like we just experienced in Ovaldi like we just experienced in Tulsa those are attacks outright attacks of the enemy but mostly for people like you and people like me folks that perhaps have been around the word for a while one of his biggest tools that he uses The most common attack are his questions that he brings to our mind. Listen to this statement. He only attacks what is a threat to him. He only attacks what's a threat to him. You in Christ Jesus, with a full arsenal with the name, with the blood, with the power of Pentecost, with the word of God, you are a big, huge threat to him. Somebody says, well, I didn't sense any of these attacks before I was born again. Hello? Now that you're born again, you're a carrier of life. You're a carrier of the good news. And so he brings questions to our soul he he brings attacks to our lives because he's threatened by us you see this over in genesis chapter 3 let's prove this out in the word of god look at genesis the third chapter in verse 1 through 7 now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Has God said? Bringing these questions to her mind, 
to her soul. Now mark this down and don't forget this. The enemy will always attempt to make you to question God. Yea, has God said that he would supply all your need and you just got evicted? Yea, has God said by his stripes you were healed and you just tested positive for COVID? Yea, has God said that you're the head and not the tail and above and not beneath and here you are not able to pay your bills? Common questions. Common attacks. Yea, has God said that you're the righteousness of God in Him when yesterday you did this and you did that? The devil is a historian. Always pointing to our past. Never pointing to who we are and whose we are and how bright our future is. When you hear, yea, has God said, don't quiet down. Pipe up. Lift up your voice. Yeah, devil, he said it. You want to know what he said? I'll give you 25 scriptures of what he said about that. You take out the sword of the Spirit and you say, it's written, it's written, it's written, it's written, it's written, it's written. And he will run from you. He will flee from you. You got to know who you are. You got to know whose you are. You got to know what the Word of God says about you so that you have it in your arsenal to use against the tempter when he comes to threaten you with bankruptcy. When he comes to threaten you with an early death, you got to know what the Word says. And if you pipe down and shut up, you lose by default. But on the other hand, if you'll speak up. I believe that God is looking for an army of people who will speak up. Who will not shut up, but will speak up. Who will not shut up, but will speak up and shut down the lies of the enemy. Shut down the threats of Satan. That's right. Open your mouth. I love the way Kenneth Copeland preaches. I love the way Jensen Franklin preaches. That's wonderful. That's great. But you got to speak up for yourself. Has God? Yeah, he has said it. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what else he said. It's good to know what is written, but it's also good to know what is also written. When Satan came to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written three times. He came against Christ himself. If you're the son of God. If you're the son of God. He was so fearful of Jesus that he threatened him to jump off a hill and to end his life. Because he knew what was around the corner. He knew there was coming a day that when the Holy Ghost came upon him, that he would go into the synagogue and he would declare, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Holy Ghost is upon me. And he has sent me to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach recovering of sight to the blind. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is upon me. The devil was shaken in his boots. And he's shaken in his boots when you find out who you are in Christ. 
when you get endued with power from on high, that same power that Jesus was baptized with, that same power that fell on the day of Pentecost, when you get endued with power from on high, it drives the devil crazier than he's ever been before. Come on, shout with me a minute. Glory to God. I know we didn't have live music today, but oh, glory to God. Who'll take a praise break with me anyway? Come on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ha, 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 devil. Ha, 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 ha. You can't shut us up. You can't shut us down. You can't turn us down. You can't, you can't, you can't. Because we win, we win, we win. We're on the winning side. We're on the victory side. We're living in the overflow. We're living in divine strength and divine hell. Woo! Yes, yes, yes. Glory to God. And in his temple, does everyone speak of his glory? And in his temple, does everyone sing of his glory? In his temple, does everyone dance in the glory? In his temple, does everyone shout in the glory? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. And now, Lord... Behold their threatenings and grant unto thy sons, grant unto thy daughters, those that are equipped, those that have been endued, those that know who they are and whose they are. Grant unto them signs and wonders. Fill this temple with your glory. Fill our temples with your glory. Fill, oh, Rabasheke, fill the Bay Area with your glory. May the whole earth be filled with the glory, with the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we may get threatened, but we're not moved by the threats. Don't yield to fear when the threats come. Yield to your manual. Yield to the B-I-B-L-E. Yield to the one who lives on the inside of you. Never forget, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, say it with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, yeah, I've heard those threats. I've heard those threats when we were building this building. Devil said, you'll never, ever make it to have a first service in here. You'll be long gone, you'll be dead, and you'll be in the grave. Well, that was about 18 years ago, and I'm still rejoicing. I'm still breathing. I'm still preaching. I'm still prophesying. And some of you, he's told you some of the same things. And what our bold confession needs to be is this. I shall not die. Oh, come on, say it with me. I shall not die, but I shall live. And I will declare the works of the Lord. Ha, 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 devil. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 devil. You cannot have Pastor Tom. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. A quick quickening. That's what I got. A quick stretch forth your hand toward toward me right now. I'm standing in proxy for PT and Kimberly. Everyone declare with me a quick a quickening by the power of the Holy Ghost. We take our place. We take our dominion. We master COVID. And we curse it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody says, what do you mean you curse COVID? You mean you're cussing? 
Pastor Mark, you're not telling us to cuss in church. No, what I mean by curse and COVID, I mean by what Jesus did to the fig tree in Mark chapter 11. Jesus cursed the fig tree. And he said unto it, no man eat fruit forever again in this tree. Amen? Amen. Say with me, never again. Never again. Whoo, glory to God. Never again. Never again. Say this with me. This affliction shall not rise up a second time. For he restores health unto me. He's restoring. He's quickening. He's making me strong. Stronger day by day. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Just about heard the organ. I can hear the organ. But we can dance without the organ. Glory to God. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. There was a little healing school taking place down at Raymond. Brother Hagin was preaching. It was 2.30 in the afternoon. How many of you know at 2.30 in the afternoon, if you don't pay attention in church, you can end up going to sleep? Some of you do that in the morning services. Not today. But 2.30 in the afternoon. And he was preaching a message. And these two guys had just been across the street to the Monterey house and ate some Mexican food. Now, Mexican food is a perfect storm for staying awake at a 2.30 p.m. service. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been to Fort Worth and Anaheim for Kenneth Copeland's conventions. I mean, it's awesome and it's great, but you've got to be tough to stay awake at 2.30 in the afternoon. And he saw that they were, weren't registering. And so he went up to one of them and kicked them in the leg. And he said, boys, get excited. Oh, yeah, 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 Dad, we're we're excited. He said, boys, he said, get excited. He says, that's when the Word of God will begin to work for you. When you mix it with faith and you get excited and you act on it. Well, I said that to say this. Some of you need to get excited. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. We'll never get through this message. But that's all right. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has God said? Yeah, God has said. Has God said? Now, the second part of this phrase is this the enemy will attempt to make you question what God has said and who he says you are. The more familiar you become with who you are by looking at scriptures that talk about in Christ, in him, in the beloved, the more fully persuaded you will become at who you are and what he's done and bought and paid for you. And when these revelations register in your heart, it's very difficult for the enemy to do anything to you from that day forward. Know who you are and know whose you are. Amen. And the woman said to the serpent, Well, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Lie, right? For God does not, God knows that in the day thereof you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant 
to the eyes and to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So they did not use their dominion. They yielded instead of resisted. On that day, Adam committed high treason and gave his authority over to Satan. And from that moment forward, the sin nature was lodged in his spirit. Now, if a man was the key to the fall, then a man had to be the key to redemption. If the last, if the first Adam was the key to the fall, then the last Adam had to be the key to our full redemption. Now notice with me, I called him the last Adam, not the second Adam, because there are none others after the last one. In Romans, the fifth chapter in the 19th verse, I want you to quote this with me. Ready, read. Romans 5, 19. It says, For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So what did God do? Immediately, he put his plan of redemption in motion to take this authority back and give it to his family. And that's exactly what he did. We see in the book of Colossians, in chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, And having spoiled principalities and powers. Principalities and powers are devils, demons, and evil spirits. Jesus spoiled them. Having spoiled principalities and powers, what did he do? He made a show of them. Woo, folks, this thing was not done in a corner. This thing was not done to be undisclosed. This thing was done wide open. In those days, when a king would take over another country and exercise their dominion, they would take the king and several of its prisoners and they would bring them home to their home country and they'd parade them down the street. Thus saying, we made a show of them. Yeah. Openly. Yeah. And it's for everyone to see in our village that that king, that kingdom, that country has no more dominion over us. We defeated them. We annihilated them. We destroyed them. And here is proof that they have been defeated. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. So Jesus comes along and he takes back our authority. How many of you know the loss of Adam's authority was far-reaching? Jesus went to the cross, to the grave, and to hell itself to legally obtain man's redemption and take back our authority. Now, I'm just going to read a couple other little translations of Colossians 2.15. Are you ready? One translation says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shot triumph, he, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it in the cross. Coney Bear says this, He disarmed the principalities and the powers which fought against him. He disarmed them. He took the keys of hell and death. Satan lost his keys forever. Philip's translation says this. He, Jesus, he exposed them. 
He shattered them. He emptied them. He defeated them. In his final glorious triumphant act. Is that a Mandalorian or is that o- is that Obi-Wan Kenobi? I think we're having some technical difficulties back there. It's okay. Just kind of, you know, beam us up a little later if you would. <laughs> Rotterham says this. He, Jesus, made of them an open example. I like that. Celebrating a triumph over them thereby. Still another translation says, He put them to an open shame, leading them captive in the triumph of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Still another translation says, He put to naught principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now, the word put to naught literally means he reduced them to nothing. We are not dealing with one that has not yet been defeated. He has been eternally defeated on our behalf. Hebrews, the ninth chapter and the twelfth verse says this, neither by the blood of goats and calves, read the rest with me, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained... The enemy has been eternally defeated, but you have been eternally redeemed. Glory to God. And so what do the redeemed do with their redemption? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord lift up their voice and say, I've been redeemed. You see, Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse of the law. This was done over 2,000 years ago. Our redemption has been bought And it has been paid for. And the neat thing about this redemption, this redemption is ongoing. It still is powerful in our life today as it was years ago. In the book of Psalms, he says that he redeems our life from destruction. The word redeemeth there is in the continual sense. In other words, He has redeemed us, He is redeeming us, and He will yet redeem us. So this redeeming power is ongoing in my life. It's ongoing in your life. You've been eternally redeemed. And it's all because of what 1 John chapter 3, 8 says. It says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested. Amen. That he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. That he might, read it with me, undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works that the devil has done. This comes up in my heart right now. What the devil has done in your life recently can be undone. I'm talking about something that you've been through. What the devil has done and thinks very highly of himself that he has won can be undone. What there can be 
is a rescue, a redemption, and a restoration. A putting back to where things are better than they were before the attack ever came. I have friends that have had COVID. One friend I'm thinking of specifically talking about brain fog. How many of you know that brain fog is under the curse? And just because a person has temporarily experienced brain fog does not mean that brain frog fog <laughs> is there to stay. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can turn around what the enemy meant for evil for good and your mind can be clearer and sharper and better than ever before. This just comes up real strong in my spirit. What the enemy has done, and we don't glorify what he's done, do we? But what he has done can be undone. It can be fixed. It can be turned around. Oh, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, thank you for your fixing power. Thank you for your restoring power. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And no longer hindered shall you be by physical limitations. No longer shall you be held back and sidelined by the attack of the enemy. For I'm calling you forward, says the Lord. I'm calling you onward and I'm calling you upward. No, 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 no. You'll not move backward, but so shall you move forward. For my hand has never left you and my hand has ever been upon you. So don't think wrong and don't speak wrong, but think my thoughts and think what I have said and declare thou what I have spoken unto you. For the giftings and the callings that I've placed upon all of you, they're without repentance. They never, ever, ever change. No matter what circumstance you've been through, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, my hand is upon you for good. And my goodness is ministering to you right now. My glory is quickening you in your body. It's quickening you in your mind. It's quickening you even in the area of the calling of God. So be quickened in the name of Jesus and be encouraged and know this, that I'm coming soon, sooner than you know, sooner than you think I'm coming soon. And so I'm bringing my troops back together. I'm bringing my prayers back together. I'm bringing those that have been wounded back together. I'm bringing them into a glorious army of the Lord. And so be encouraged. Know that I'm not finished with you yet. Know the work that I have started in you will surely be completed. Your sin is a thing of the past. What the enemy has done is a thing of the past. And so, Father, right now, let's lift up our hands. And we declare in this house, say it with me in the name of Jesus. What the enemy has meant for evil is being turned around right now. Things are turning. Things are turning. They're turning in my body. Things are turning in my finances. 
things are turning in my relationships. Redemption is flowing. It is flowing now. I'm being rescued. I've been redeemed. And restoration is mine today. I believe it. I receive it. I'm made for mastery. I'm made for dominion. So from this day forward, I shall not look back. But I shall keep my eyes fixed on the eternal one. I have, this is, this, you don't need to repeat. I have a job for all of you to do. Every one of you. Without you, there will be a deficit in the things I desire to do. So step in. Step back. Come back. Step up. Step in. For what you are about to see in these next months is beyond your comprehension. And I desire for all of you to play a big part in it, saith the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Have you been encouraged today? What are we going to do with the threats of the evil one? We're going to speak up. Romans 5.17 says this in the Amplified. I want you to read it with me. It says, For if by one man's offense, trespass, lapse, death reigned. That's what happened. Sin reigned, right? Through that one. But now, read it with me. Much more. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with Himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You're reigning. We're made for mastery.